Listen. You only think you know Cinder Williams, co-host of the PPC radio show and the Melanated Morning Show. You've seen her in films with some of the goats. You may have even heard her sing her way to the top. You don't have to judge the book by its cover. You can get the book and read it cover to cover. I'm talking about Pink Panty Confessions by Cinder Williams, available in paperback and digital format in all good bookstores. I would probably look in Amazon. Pink Panty Confessions, the book. Cinder Williams here, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 36 of the PPC Podcast. I'm in a time of transition, and when that happens, I always flash back in my mind, in my heart, to my beginnings. And on that note, let's get on with it. People always ask me, where did you start singing? Well, like so many African-American musicians and singers, it was in the church, of course. I was so blessed to have wonderful experiences learning music from very early on. In Chicago, I went to a Presbyterian church and it was a black church, but they sang classical music and hymns. And that's where I started learning how to read music. But then my most impressive experience was in the church that my grandfather led, Trinity United Methodist Church in Muncie, Indiana. There were so many soulful singers. Oh my gosh, the the spirit moved in that church. And that's where I learned to interpret a song and sing a song. My grandmother was one of my most important role models when it came to singing. She had a voice very similar to Billie Holiday. Her tone was so mournful and her rhythmic interpretations of melodies made you feel something every time she opened her mouth. And my Uncle King, oh my gosh, he he sang so hard and so so much passion. He dripped sweat with his intensity. Now I remember this girl, her name was Dorothy, singing these high soprano notes. Oh my gosh, the the pews would tremble with her tone. It was so brilliant. It's where I learned to sing a song so that the congregation would burst out with shouts of thanks. Well, my friend, singer, producer, and activist Janice Dempsey had a similar beginning, and I'm going to let her tell you all about it. Everybody, introducing Janice Dempsey. Dempsey, welcome to the PPC podcast. Thank you for having me, Cinda. 
Yeah, I'm I'm really excited because we've been talking for a couple of years now, but I've never seen you face to face. So for everybody that's listening, you know, we, we do this by Zoom and um, I'm getting to see Janice's beautiful face. She's uh, you've probably seen her in a bunch of different things. I met Janice through her husband, um, who I also had on this platform, Danny Pickering, and it, it was a wonderful um experience everybody loved that show so thank you so much for making the time for uh, meeting with me here janice thank you for having me said this good to be here okay so so i've already announced that you're this phenomenal singer and this this amazing writer producer you've done all these things so who were you from the beginning where where are you from and what was your start in life well thank you thank you for the compliments i by that. Um, where did I start? Well, I was born in the Bronx, the Bronx, New York. Um, uh, my grandfather was a pastor of a big AME Zion church there in the Bronx. And um, <clears throat> my mother, and she was very active in the church where she had me, um, right in the height of the civil rights movement. And my father, happened to be Caucasian and um, my grandfather wasn't so happy about that so he had a sister my grandfather did that never married and she was living in the city and working and going to church all the time she was a missionary in one of the big churches there in Harlem called Refuge Temple and um, she knew that my grandfather was not going to let my mom take her take me home so she sort of came to the rescue and, and she um, found someone, a couple in the church to adopt me. Um, they were, didn't have children and they were very active in the church. They were friends of hers and she thought that they would give me a good home, a mother and a father, and they always wanted children. And well, well, after maybe a year, she wasn't happy with the way that they were actually taking care of me. She would go by and visit and so forth. And um, one day she took me for a walk, as she would often do, you know. And we ended up in Connecticut. <laughs> we didn't walk to Connecticut, but <laughs> we ended up in Connecticut. And that's where I ended up being raised as a young child, probably a year, 18 months, something like that. So um, my young life consisted of going to church, you know, four or five times a week on average maybe three maybe i'm pushing it but it was my life in the early years was all about church and it was just me and my great aunt and um she took very good care of me i had a really good loving home that was very spiritual and um, full of good food and a lot of love and good people and uh she always took care of children before she adopted me and um so, and she would always try to teach them to sing and do, you know, dance or whatever. She enjoyed teaching children performance, really, poetry, etc. So I was no different. When she, um, when I was about four, she started teaching me to sing. She herself was not a good singer. She wasn't a singer at all. <laughs> <laughs> but she would teach me, you know, gospel songs. And I, um, around four, she got these business cards made up that was Little Janice, the Gospel Singing Baby. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, so I um, started singing, opening up for a lot of acts. Um, Shirley Caesar, uh, the Five Blind Boys, uh, lots of gospel artists. Um, I did that up and down the Eastern Seaboard. And when I got to be about 12, I didn't like being called the gospel singing baby anymore. And I <laughs> objected to it and made some noise. So she changed the cards to Little Janice, the former gospel <laughs> So, um, you know, I continued singing in the church and, and active in the church. And, um, and then I went to college. Mm -hmm. I, I got a, a scholarship to go to the Manus College of Music in, in Manhattan, um, which was pretty cool. I did that for a year. And during my summer break um, from college, I, when I was in high school, actually, before then, before college, rather, I had done a single uh, with a friend of mine called Love Talk, and it was on Portrait Records, which mm -hmm. is a literary of CBS. And there were a couple of um, gentlemen that worked there. One was Keith Diamond, a producer who produced um, Billy Ocean, Sheena Easton, uh, uh, Mick Jagger, lots of various people. And even though the single that I had done at Portrait didn't do very well, it was a duet, I, I said that, um, Keith Diamond remembered me, remembered my voice. I think he was working in the marketing department or something at, at, at Portrait. He remembered me. He had since left mm -hmm. Portrait and had ventured out on his own and was started a production company with Wynn Wilford, who was Debbie Allen's ex-husband, you know, first husband. So they were actually recording out of Debbie's house very, for various artists, one of whom was Melba Moore. Mm -hmm. And um, so he, he said, I, I remembered you from Portrait. We're working on some projects that I think it would be great for you to do some backgrounds and demos and demos for the artists. And we're right in, um, in Westchester in um, Mount Vernon, which was cl pretty close to me. I was still in Connecticut, less than an hour from me. So I said, sure, you know, I'll come and do that. So I ended up demoing um, much of her, I think it was Read My Lips album. Then produced some, and I think Barry Eastman was a producer. He had some really great producers. So I had done a lot of the backgrounds. I had demoed probably half of the album for her. And so when it was time for her to go on the road with the album to promote the album, she asked if I would like to go out with her and do backgrounds. And I had never done anything like that. And I was like, sure I would. So I, um, I um, didn't go back to school. Mm. And, uh, and I um, started touring with Mel. Well, in between there, I, w I did go to the University of Bridgeport in their jazz studies for a bit. Um, so I ended up going on the road with Melba. And um, Freddie Jackson was one of the background singers at the time mm. with me. So um, we were we became really good friends, just touring all over the place with Melba and. Um, he would come out and sing a song during her break, her wardrobe change. I think it was Good Morning Heartache. Mm. Just tear the place up. And um, so shortly thereafter, he got his own deal, you know, a solo deal. And so I, uh, I did a lot of the backgrounds on, on his album. And then when it was time for him to go on the road, I went on the road with him. So I basically just started doing a lot of touring. 
as well as studio work for other people. Then I got my own deal. Then I was singing background with Freddie and just like he was singing background with Mel, but he was over the deal. I was over the deal singing background with him. And I signed my first deal with Geffen. Um, shortly after we finished the album, the deal went sour between my the production company and Geffen. So the song, the album was never released here in the States. Um, but you, um, it was released in Europe, it was a limited release. And um, a couple of years later, I got another deal with um, with CBS, with Epic. Um, so that was pretty cool too. Um, around that time, during the deal with Epic, I was offered a um, publishing deal because I had written a lot of the songs for the album. Um, and um, so I signed a publishing deal and I just started writing a lot more. And I ended up writing for a lot of different artists, Shakhtan, SWV, um, Freddie, of course, um, Alex Bouillon, uh, Najee, uh, a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, Let me ask you this. So you're, you started off as a solo artist, you know, as from a child on, yeah. And you ended up doing a lot of work on, you know, upfront still, but then a lot of background work. Did you enjoy that shift? I Were did. Happy with that? Mm -hmm. I was. Mm -hmm. I was because um, I'm a very private person, you know, and but I also am a very independent person. I like to go and do what I want to do when I want to do it, and sort of. And I've seen from the background the strain and the pressure and how your your privacy kind of goes out the window when you reach a certain level of solo success. So I was able to travel the country and some of the world without the pressures. And, you know, while the artist is, has to be sheltered and he's in the room, oh, I, you know, I'm out touring the city and eating at the best restaurants. And so you, you get to have the life without the responsibility and and it's sort of and it worked for me you know i tell you i that sounds like a fantasy to me because that's what i wanted i never wanted to be out front i i'm a choir girl i love singing parts and harmonies and i you know but i was always pushed in front always pushed in front and then i started acting and it took me in a totally different direction but I always dreamed, I know it sounds crazy, but I always dreamed of if I was to be a singer, to do it like you did it, to do it just like that. Because I, 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 you, I'm not so shy anymore, but I used to be like crazy shy. I, I like when not everybody knows who I am. I, I like anonymity. I, you know, it's, I do too. I yeah. do. so that, that sounds like a freaking awesome life. So I know you do so many more things. Also, what are you doing now? I know you, you, you're also doing some work in the community, doing a lot of things. Well, um, well, well on the music side, it, we've, I've sort of come full circle because we just finished up um, the mixes for a new Melba Moore album. She hasn't re released one in some years. Um, her people are really behind this, so we're really excited about it. Um, so I've given her some of my best stuff because she really is the one who who got me into my professional career, you know, working with her. So I'm really pleased. Danny worked on it as well. Um, so uh, I'm really excited about that. 
um, musically. And, and otherwise musically, I've been doing a lot of um, what they call library music. You know, we'll get a request about, you know, we need 10 songs that sound like, you know, the 60s Motown female group or 10 songs that sound like big band or we need uh, 10 songs of like, you know, straight ahead quartet type music. So that's sort of been my bread and butter. And in the, during this time with the pandemic, it's been like a lifesaver, you know, because you're able to sit at home, create this stuff, send it to them. You don't have to worry about promotion and marketing or, you know, anything else you know we make the deal we send them the 10 songs everybody's happy and then you hear it on television or radio stuff like that so musically that's pretty much what um what i've been doing on my personal in, in my personal life i've always been um rather outspoken about you know and very opinionated about the state of affairs in this country you know for black people black women our black children being a mother of a of a black son and sister of black brothers and so forth um, and friends it, it's very disturbing to me um the plight of black people in this country and it and and it has always been it's, this is not a new phenomenon this is not like COVID that just showed up. It's been here as a virus and it affects us all so greatly. So I've been writing a book that I started writing when Barack Obama was still president, when I had had this experience um, in a store, I'm not allowed to say as part of our settlement, um, where this guy just started calling me a nigger. One of the employees just kept calling me, he just wouldn't stop. <laughs> and, he just, wow. and he just asked me to leave the store. And, um, and from that experience, and, and there were other people, you know, Caucasian people that were around and no one said anything. Mm. You know? And I think to me that spoke volumes to me and really was the, um, the catalyst for me writing this book. Um, it's not just the atrocities and the crimes committed against Black people in, in this country and, and the world, quite frankly. It's the silence of the masses and people that claim to be allies. So um, um, Obama was still president when this happened. Shortly thereafter, then Trump became president. And, and so much of my book... Um, talks about me as a black and white person being raised in a black community and family, but knowing my white relatives and growing up with white people and, and just my experience as a biracial woman here in the United States that covers my music, my personal life and so, and so forth. So um, when I'm not um, doing music, I like to be involved in um, projects, um, organizations, movements that are helping to uplift Black people, children, especially is kind of what I'm concentrating on the past couple of years. As I continue to write my book, and it just gets better and better. <laughs> 
That's awesome. That that's so beautiful. And I and I hope that you are able to come back, maybe come back on the Melanated Morning Show, the other radio show we do, and talk about your book when you have it. We'd love to to help you put that out there to our audience. Um, I'm so thankful that you uh, were able to give us this introduction on the PPC podcast, and we're going to have you on the PPC radio show with Shelly Shell, DJ Kid Disco, and Jenny Graham, and maybe Craig can go on October 6th and uh, from 2 to 4 Eastern, www.thegrownfolktradio.com. I cannot wait to have you on because we are going to be picking that mind. So I want to get even more into your childhood because it sounds so much like mine. And, 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 and diff, in a different way, I had a different experience with my with my the black side of my family that you did it was the white side of my family that that was like out of here so i i I look forward to talking to you more and i can't wait to meet you face to face um coming here what happened well the money the money thing happened but now it looks like it's happening it it was about coming to do a song and i think that it's finally coming so i let us do an album on you anyway not just well that is my dream that is my dream to you to help me because you are the bomb microphone right there with your name on it so anytime (laughs) i'm so ready for that all right, Janice, thank you so much for joining me here. And I look forward to having you next week. Um, God bless you. And thank you. So much. God bless you too. Thank you.
Wasn't that song beautiful? Janice has led a wonderful life, but I love that she's taken her platform to another level and really given back. The church that gave to both of us our beginnings as singers also taught us to love and to serve others. I believe it's so important to not only take from our communities, but to give back to them in our own ways. That's one of the reasons why I chose to do this podcast, to maybe help someone out there that might be trying to find their way. And if I can do that, I am as blessed as anyone beyond your comprehension. Thank you for that. Well, that's it for another PPC podcast. I am so thankful that Janice took time to share her story with us. For more from her, join us Wednesday, October 6th on the PPC radio show from 2 to 4 Eastern on www.thegrownfolksradio.com. And or you can watch us live on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, and other platforms. Thank you so much to DJ Kid Disco for always hooking me up with wonderful production and great music. And to all my awesome beat makers, you bless me. God bless you all. Until next time, that's a wrap. radio show every Wednesday from 2 to 4 Eastern on www.thegrownfolksradio.com or live on Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. We bring this wonderful show where we bring the guests from the PPC podcast and Shelly Shell Williams and I have long conversation with them. Jenny Graham is our art therapist and she gives us our gems for the treasure chest. And every once in a while, we are so blessed to have Craig Engel come in and give us some financial therapy. And then DJ Kid Disco is always with us producing it and doing his phenomenal music mix. So I hope you can join us on the PPC radio show every Wednesday, 2 to 4 Eastern. See you there.